Good Friday morning to you, my friends. We will have a short um, Good Friday service together. I will offer a compilation of readings, including my own thoughts on today before reading um, the full passion story, which I have pulled together from the different gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I invite you to create your space wherever you are and make it a, an intentional space. This is your hour um, to participate in this story. Today, the primary human problem is both revealed and resolved. It is indeed a good Friday. Yesterday's washing of the feet story and the Last Supper, where the institution of communion came through, and we see the unrobing of Jesus. We saw that yesterday as he was preparing his disciples and himself for what was to come. Similarly, we are doing the same. I invited us yesterday to see ourselves in the story. And today I invite you to do the same. I have never been to a Good Friday service or been participating or leading this particular passion event where someone has invited me to see myself in this part of the story. And so I want you to find your place here. What is revealed is our human inclination to kill, to kill others, to kill ourselves in any multitude of ways. Instead of dying to ourselves, our own illusions, our own pretenses, our narcissism, and our self-defeating behaviors, Jesus dies for us, not in the sense of a substitute for us, but more like a solidarity with us. The suffering of all humanity since the beginning of time. The, spect the spectacle of an innocent and good man destroyed by the powers of this world is a foundational human experience. It elicits our deepest feelings of remorse and empathy, and if we're honest, our own deepest shadows as well. It has been used for centuries to stir up anger and scapegoating. It's been used to fuel anti-Semitism and to induce personal guilt. If you've ever heard the phrase, Christ died for your sins, you ought not do that, fill in the blank. And to arouse devotion in a sentimental and sorrowful way. From the beginning of human history, we humans have engaged in rivalry, accusation, and violence. And we often do such things in the name of God. It's fairly easy to weaponize scripture against others who are not living according to our standard, all in the name of God. 
Sometimes in the name of justice, we justify our violent behavior toward others or toward ourselves. It is my belief that in the cross event, God in mysterious wisdom reveals the violent and sinful tendencies of our own hearts. It is not my belief that God wanted or needed the death of Jesus in order to satiate God's perceived wrath towards sin or toward us. Nor did God need a human sacrifice to extend forgiveness to humanity. I believe and I have abundant proof that God has always loved and always forgiven all humans for all their sin. You can think about the pre-cross events in the Psalms, how David exclaims that God casts our sin as far away from us as the East is from the West. You can think about that in the way that God protected Cain or the way that Jesus forgave people on earth in our gospel stories before the cross event. You see, it is my belief that God doesn't need payment for sin. In fact, if God did need payment and demand payment, then that wouldn't be forgiven. That would be being paid off. The cross event is a mystery of all mysteries, and it is at the heart of the Christian faith. Once we begin to think honestly about our part, our role, our identification in the suffering and death of Jesus, we come in contact with the real. Transformative power. We come in contact with the veil between the holy and the unholy, and we see it ripped open. We contact Jesus's body becoming a living way, a living opening, making this possible. We begin to understand in the breaking of Jesus's body, we begin to understand all of the ways in which he loved us with the breaking of the bread, the breaking and the offering of the fish and the feeding of the multitudes. We begin to hearken back to all of the ways that Jesus showed Jesus's love to his disciples. And we begin to see that there was a grain of wheat that had to fall in the ground and die, lest it abide alone. That there was a breaking and an opening. That Jesus was teaching us about a seed needing to break open to bring forth more fruit. We see that he was showing us that there was no other God like this God that would come to us, that would come for us, that would come as us. I invite you to see yourself in this story, in basic dream interpretation. When we're looking at stories, we are invited to see ourselves in all the roles of a story to gain more access to deeper meaning. There is no other God who comes to us in quite this way. There's no other God in all of antiquity who came to us for us already fulfilled. This God sees and this God knows us. This God sees us. The gods of materialism, 
they request and demand of us. The gods of capitalism demand and require more of us. The gods of politics demand and require more allegiance from us. They siphon the economic lifeblood from us. The gods of commercialism and industrialized food industries kill and take and demand and ravage and pillage and do it all over again and again and again. But there is no other God who comes to us and breaks open for us, as us, with us. There is no other God who comes to us already satisfied, who comes to us giving, who is this God who is for me, who is with me, who is as me. Unlike any other God of this world, that keeps us turning on our incessant need for more. This God stops that cycle as me, for me. He comes running to me like the prodigal father. <laughs> He's coming with his reward with him. He's coming satisfied, not a bloodthirsty, hungry, God, like a lion seeking whom he may devour. But no, this God is for us. And every time we come in contact, every time we avail ourselves to this reality, we are changed, we are transformed, and we are made free. Let us walk together into this story today. Find ways that you can position yourself inside of it. Let us pretend that we are pulling the veil back or pulling the curtain back onto the scene of what was happening so many years ago, that we are witnesses to it, that we are participators in it on all the sides. Let us now read the story of the events of the passion of Jesus. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with him when Jesus said to them, I am he. They stepped back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. 
Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, but Peter was standing outside the gate. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, you are not also one of these man's, this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciple and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, if I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, and they asked him, you are also not one of his disciples, are you? Well, he denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves, the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the rooster that Jesus said would crow, crowed. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters, so it was to, as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, if this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. 
If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a bandit. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, crucify him crucify him. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, we have a law and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but they cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. And he said to them, here is your king. They cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but the emperor. Then he handed them over 
him over to them to be crucified. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on them, on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. They compelled a passerby who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene. And they laid the cross on Simon and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him. And among them were women who were beating their breasts and crying out and wailing for him. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, you could destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him, saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he wants to, for he said, I am God's son. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. One of the criminals who was crucified with him also taunted him in the same way. But the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you were under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Now when the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, truly this man was God's son. 
And when all the crowds who had gathered there for this spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts and wailing. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance, watching these things. Now behold, in the evening, here came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the, the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb which he had hewn in the rock. He then rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, observed where he was laid. And so there laid Jesus. It is customary to leave a service like this in silence. You may do that at this time, or you may stay with me as I have prepared a selection that has especially moved me this morning. And I thought that I would offer it as you continue to contemplate this story. God bless you.